<laughs> with the strap on. I go up there with the strap on. <laughs> <laughs> and just have at it, right? <laughs> Hey guys, you're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. So before we get into the podcast today, I'm proud to announce I've gotten my first sponsor for Talking About the Passion, or sort of a sponsor. Uh, the company is called Studio Sweden. They make high-end wireless headphones and earbuds, and they sent over one of their top models for me to have and to review for you all. So I got this pair from them called The Regent. They are matte black, very stylish, and they're wireless. I'm somebody who listens to music and podcasts on headphones all the time, and I always get the cord caught on like a doorknob or something, and it rips the thing off my ears, and you don't have that problem with wireless. The battery on the Regent lasts for more than 24 hours when active and like 20 days when on standby, and it's uh, really easy to charge very quick. Basically, they're super convenient, easy to use, very comfortable on your head. They look really cool, uh, and most important, they sound amazing. I tested them out on a bunch of my favorite albums that I had on iTunes, and I couldn't believe it was the same songs that I was listening to. I just heard all these parts that I'd never noticed before. They must be really hi-fi. I don't know. You really get your money's worth. I mean, there's $160, but if you have $160 to spend on headphones, I would definitely say it's worth it. They do have uh, cheaper models too, uh, earbuds instead of headphones. So something for everybody. Use my discount code TATP, how about that, to get 15% off your purchase. That's Studio Sweden, spelled S-U-D-I-O. I put a link for their site in the episode description. Check them out. For episode 26, we have Drew Martin. I first saw Drew play at the Fremont Abbey open mic, and you could tell right away he's something special. He's a super jovial, warm guy, and his music, he's doing something really authentic. Drew is from Maui in Hawaii. He writes all of his songs outside, surrounded by nature, mainly in the valley of the West Maui Mountains. His debut album, The Valley, pays tribute to that location. He moved to Seattle a few years ago, and he's been steadily gaining a following ever since then. And once you hear his music, I think you'll understand why. Drew primarily plays a blend of slack-key Hawaiian guitar and blues on a bunch of different instruments, including banjo, slide, electric, and 12-string. He's no slouch as a singer-songwriter, either. His rambling, soulful style is reminiscent of such artists as Van Morrison and Leo Kotke. Drew's first album, The Valley, is coming out this month. He's doing an album release show at the Sunset Tavern in Ballard on July 23rd, which I'm very excited about. By the time this episode airs, it could very well have sold out, uh, but you should definitely try to get tickets if they're still available. After me and Drew had our conversation, I had him play three of his songs right there in my living room. I recorded it, and it ended up sounding great. He just banged them out one after another, effortlessly. Uh, after that, I even coerced him to play a little guitar on one of my upcoming Niagara Moon tracks, and he did great on that as well. I kind of just surprised him with it, but he's very much up to the challenge. Ugh, this intro is getting pretty long. But yeah, as great as Drew's new album sounds, and it really is a great album, it was recorded by none other than Ryan Price from Human Ladder, had him on for episode 20. Uh, I still just got to share with you the tracks we recorded at my place. So, this first song is called Valley. Many nights did the shooting stars go by. How many times have I been pushed around these streets? How many roads have the rusted wheels been on?
distance lies Peace of my heart In the forest the dancing feet they'll move in the dark In the river my worries flow right over me Down in that valley is where I dream to be Just one single doubt in my mind Push me back behind Just one single doubt in my mind Push me far behind And I cry back down Tuesday, there was a, you could hit four open mics in one night. <laughs> and I used to do it. I would time it out and sign up first and then hit the next one. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> That's exhausting. I don't have the energy for that. Yeah. <laughs> so you do like, what, Columbia City Theater and then? It was, there was a spot in Inner Bay called the Q Cafe. So they would do it at like seven. 
So I hit that one first at seven o'clock and then go down to Columbia City yeah. at eight, play there, sign up first, play that one, and then do uh, Shadowland. <laughs> was in West Seattle. And then um, from there, I'd go to the Paragon up on Queen Anne. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Dedication. <laughs> Too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like I'm kind of in a good spot where I can just focus on the, the gigs each yeah, month. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, open mics are good when you like first come to a new city and you're just trying to figure out what's going on, meet some good musicians. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, once you get to the point where you're able to book your own gigs and stuff. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's just going to become overexposure if you don't fall back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be like the bad penny, you know? It's like everybody gets <laughs> sick of this guy. Yeah. So how long you been in Seattle? Uh, yeah, I've been up here uh, four, coming up on four years now. <laughs> yeah. So Hey, well, cheers first. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> yeah. Here's to Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, been, four years. Okay, so you've been, you're starting to feel like a local. Yeah, survived the four winners. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that's the real initiation here. Is can you deal with January through April? Honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's brutal. I, I made it somehow, coming from Hawaii. For from Hawaii, last, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what part of Hawaii are you from? I'm from Maui. Yeah. Maui. Yeah, I've never been to Hawaii, but Maui's like a, a popular tourist destination. I would imagine. Yeah, you know, you get, <laughs> there's some clashing between the locals yeah. and the tourists for sure. And you're a local, right? Like you're, uh, I'm guessing your ancestry is native to Hawaii? Um, Portuguese, that's how I oh, am. Oh, okay. Yeah, my family came in to work the uh, sugar plantation. Okay, okay, so you're not like, I don't have any, you know, like, hundreds of generations there, but. Uh, native Hawaiian blood, yeah, yeah. no, I don't, yeah. But Portuguese, okay, interesting. And my family's been there since the early 1900s, so I'm what, the fourth fourth or fifth generation born on the island so we've, wow. we've been there a while yeah yeah <laughs> so what's it like growing up in hawaii oh my god <laughs> just what you would think you know just messing around yeah hanging out at the beach and bringing the guitar along <laughs> i imagine it's hard to do anything there besides just hang out like <laughs> yeah that's it it's always going to be nice weather and yeah warm beaches and mm-hmm. It's easy to get into trouble. That easy was, to get into trouble. That huh? was our thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard somewhere, I don't know where, like uh, Hawaiians really like to street fight or something. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. You know, going out to clubs, it was like always a fight happening. That's why I never went out. I was, yeah. I would, um, we'd hang out in my garage. That was my, that was our thing. We'd call up the two buddies and we'd just do our own thing. Let, yeah, let everybody not? else fight. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Fire up the amps and we just make yeah, noise yeah. at my place. Yeah. That's great. Piss off the neighbors, if anything, you know, <laughs> maybe some near fights with the neighbors. That's about it. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. So when did you start playing music? I first picked up the guitar. I was 11, maybe 11, 12 years old. I first started writing uh, maybe about 10 years ago. Yeah. Writing and playing out, at, you know, finding my own gigs and writing songs for 10 years, yeah, so. Wow, mm-hmm. so you started with the guitar? Yeah, I started playing in like the open tunings, like the open G stuff. We called it taro patch tuning in Hawaii. We never called it open G. <laughs> so what's taro patch? It's, uh, you know, the taro root, like the, the veg, that, um, it's like a root vegetable. Uh, I might recognize it if I see yeah. it, but. It's like that heart-shaped leaf, mm-hmm. you know. But um, yeah, the Hawaiians just called it taro patch tuning. It's like a slack key style guitar playing where you're slacking all the strings, you know, yeah, yeah. that lower tuning. So I was playing in taro patch and I came up here and people were like, oh, like that open G. You're, uh, you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's like, I don't know what that is. That's taro patch. So I only learned it open G when I moved out here. <laughs> but mm. I started doing that, like those slack tunings. And then um, I found a banjo up here and it's like, it felt familiar. Oh, so you only started playing banjo recently? Yeah. I'd oh, say wow. within the last maybe, I've had that for maybe three years now. Yeah. And it's like, this feels familiar, and it's in the open G tuning, so that's how I picked that up. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, guitar and banjo, that's my two harmonicas. Oh, yeah. harmonica, yeah. 
Yeah, I saw you play at the Crocodile a couple of days ago. You were wailing on that thing pretty good. <laughs> that was a fun night. Yeah. Yeah, still coming down from that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got up so high, the, the energy yep. that night, really. <laughs> you bring it to your shows, huh? Yeah. How often are you uh, gigging these days? Um, recently, I've been doing like maybe two a month, just to kind of, I've been focused on this recording, getting yeah, the recording yeah. up, so yeah. Exciting. How long you been working on the recording now? Uh, we started right after Thanksgiving, and we were recording through February, so a solid three months. And we just—I'd have different friends come over. It was every Monday night. I'd bring the same six-pack of beer <laughs> into the studio, and uh, we got into this little routine of like Monday nights. So it's it's feeling good. Yeah. Cool. And is it uh, songs with your whole live band? There's uh, there's one full band song but for the most part it's more of like this hawaiian okay like slack so key solo kind of stuff feel. yeah a lot of that folk style yeah so that uh hawaiian <laughs> we're, gonna, we're yeah. gonna be burping into the mic <laughs> yeah <laughs> nothing you can do about that yeah <laughs> um in hawaii is the tarot patch guitar method is that pretty common out there yeah that's one of the more common slack key styles yeah it's just that open g thing and i never really got into like the old I just, I love that tuning and I kind of did my own thing with it. I really yeah. don't know how to play in that finger picking slack key style, but I just always love that sound. So, do you know uh, like Leo Kotke? Yep. Yeah. So, it reminded me of him. Okay. I yeah. don't know if he plays with the same sort of tuning. But. Mm -hmm. He goes even lower. That guy goes like way down into like this F kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. He's, just, he's crazy. As low as his voice. Yep. <laughs> it's weird. Like, I, I never really knew him too much and coming out here was another thing. You know, yeah. everybody's like, oh, I love that Leo Kotke kind of thing you're doing with the 12 string. Yeah, he's a, a big reference yeah. for a lot of people around here, I guess. And um, I have to go look him up. It's like, who's this guy? And I can see a little kind of that funky, like yeah. syncopated stuff, you know? Yeah, although I think your stuff sounds a little more relaxed than his. It's, I mean, they're both like, I don't know how you move your fingers that fast. So in that <laughs> sense, very technical, but it sounds less like it's making a point of being technical mm -hmm. your stuff and just kind of vibing out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Let Very the cool. song shine a little bit. You know, let the words come through a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So how did you end up in Seattle? I, I visited here maybe six years ago. It was like a couple of years before I ended up moving. I went and I came out to Bumbershoot, you know. I'd never That's been the out big here. festival around here, right? Yeah. Just like something to do on a Labor Day weekend. It's like, what's this Seattle place? You know, go check it <laughs> out and... I've been hooked, yeah. Wow. So then, what got you hooked? Um, I was just, I came out here and I would check out all the venues and there was just a good feeling. It, it, it doesn't move too fast up here. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels kind of like back home in a way. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So a little more relaxed. Yeah. Because before I visited Seattle, I was, I only knew LA. Mm, yeah. Th that was my only <laughs> exposure. <laughs> I've never to, been there, but I imagine it does not move slow down no, there. No, like... That was my only exposure to like the mainland, you know? Yeah. And uh, I told myself I'm never leaving. I'm never leaving Hawaii. Yeah. You're <laughs> staying away from that LA nonsense. Yeah. I came up here and it's like, this feels right. Hmm. Yeah. So been here ever since. Very cool. Four years now. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the music in Seattle, yeah, drew you out here. Mm -hmm. And I liked all the venues. Like I would go check out the Tractor. Tractor was one of the first venues. Yeah, I like venues. that venue. Yeah. And... Um, I went to, I think I saw a show at Numo's was one of the first mm -hmm. venues I went to. Yeah. And I don't know, it just felt funky and weird and it's close to nature too. Mm -hmm. And that's why I picked Definitely. it. Because it's, the city is just a small part of it. So within an hour you're out in the boonies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there uh, not much of a indie music scene going on back in Hawaii, like in Honolulu or something? <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's too expensive for indie musicians out there? <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's like reggae, you know, if you're not playing reggae music or yeah. in like the hotel lobby, like some cover guy, mm. it's hard. Like I had one venue back home that would kind of let me loose. Yeah. It was like this uh, funky coffee shop. They'd have punk bands and mm -hmm. like just weird folk artists, you know, I'd show up with my drummer and we'd shake the place. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fun. Wow. That was the one spot where we could be loose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like in general... Places that are just really nice and pleasant and sunny. You don't tend to get very interesting music there all the time necessarily. Yeah. Like places that are just really relaxing. Like you got to go to the the kind of the depressing 
bleak, wintery <laughs> yep. environments. Like I feel, I don't know, for me personally, a lot of my favorite music comes from, you know, England where it's just going to be gray and rainy and miserable mostly or Scotland, Ireland, and Seattle's got that kind of atmosphere going on too. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, there's some kind of frustration, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a way, that was kind of my thing back home was like I, I was getting frustrated because I was writing stuff that wasn't like what people were playing, so... Yeah. In a way that pushed me to be like, you know, to come out here. And yeah, yeah. Find something new, yeah. Make your own sound, make your own way. Yeah. I think it's been a good good move to come out here. It's been it's been good. Did you ever get into the ukulele much or <laughs> you didn't want to bother with that? <laughs> I had one. I I messed around with it a little bit, but I no, I never got too into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, between you and me, I'm not a huge ukulele fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the whole like Hawaiian ukulele trope is probably kind of annoying yeah. for you guys. <laughs> I hear it all the time. Yeah. Hey, when are you going to bust out the uke? <laughs> I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> you got the shirt. Now you just need the instrument. Yeah. <laughs> I know I can't get rid of my shirts. You just got to no hold on to them, right? How long I've been here, I was like, I'm still going to rip the Hawaiian shirts. You know? <laughs> Wow. This one's kind of a, I don't know what that would be. More of like a, what do you call this design? Like a paisley? Floral? Yeah. Paisley or? It's kind of, mm, yeah, the color's kind of faint. I don't know what you would call that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of retro. Yeah. This is the real like old school Hawaiian shirts that are faded. Like whenever you see one that's like super bright. They just bought it at a tourist shop. Yeah. yeah. And you'd look at that guy's like, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> 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 and they usually got Tevas on, you know? Yeah. It's like the super bright shirt, Tevas, it's like big red flag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where are you from originally? I'm from Massachusetts. Okay. So Western Massachusetts, which is kind of just like an extension of Vermont, I think. It's where I'm from, lots of colleges, just basically a college town environment, definitely hippie-ish, liberal. Um, the town Northampton where I was born, I think that has the highest density of lesbians for a small town in the entire country. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it's uh, it's very progressive. I don't know, kind of similar to, to the Northwest in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. to Portland or Seattle. So this was an easy little jump for you. Yeah, this is just kind of a bigger version of where I'm from, more or less. Yeah. I'll meet some other people that are from, you know, the Midwest, and they're like, there was nothing cultural before I came out here. And <laughs> yeah. It was a wasteland, and then I found Seattle. But I have just more the experience of, like, I liked some of the aspects of where I'm from and Seattle just there's more of that because it's bigger. Yeah, yeah. But I've kind of I've kind of learned that coming out here is like I'm kind of just a hillbilly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <I am. laughs> oh my god. I mean, not a lot of urbanization. <laughs> no. Out in the islands there. Mm-hmm. A lot of culture though. You know, you get cuz that all started with the sugar plantation, you mm. know, all these different cultures came in and have you heard like the pigeon English? That's the Hawaiian. Oh, yeah. The uh, the Hawaiian pigeon, yeah. Okay, because I know they have some sort of English in like Jamaica and stuff that's a mix of, oh, patois they call it. So pigeon English and Hawaii's yeah. kind of the same sort of thing. It's like a, like a Creole kind of thing, yeah. Okay. Like down in New Orleans, how they got their own. And that all started in the uh, sugar plantations. It was like words from Portuguese culture and... Japanese and Chinese and Hawaiian words and it all they were all working in the fields and they had to figure out a way to understand each other. They came up with mm. their own little twang. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So do you speak any of that? Do you understand it? I do. Uh, when I go back home, I can bust right into really? it for sure. Yeah. So what's uh, a good example of something <laughs> they'd say? It's hard, it's hard to just like turn it Think on when, I, when I'm not there, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But as soon as I'm back, like I'll meet up with the buddies and it's like right back into that mode. So how would you say like, uh, what do you want to eat today? What should we get for lunch? <laughs> uh, what kind of grinds you like to get? <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's what we'd say. What kind of grinds you like to get? We go, we go grind. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get a lot of that in the continental United States so much. The, uh, I mean, I guess New Orleans couple other areas besides that but i'm always interested in like just different english yeah like you get back in uh, the uk or something mm-hmm. it's always very cool like i went down to new orleans uh for the first time a couple years ago and that place it feels so familiar going down there you get they got their own food going on the culture their language is like and everything's pretty small like you, you don't never feel like you're in a 
big city yeah. down there. Have you been down there? I have not. I've never been in the South except for Nashville, I guess. Oh, but yeah. I would like to go someday. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a spot. It was like my dream world. And I went down there. It's, I remember the first band I saw was this honky-tonk group, like this little country club. I sat in the corner. There were like five other people in there, and I was just bawling in the corner. <laughs> like, I'm here right now. You know, it's wow. like just some honky-tonk music. And from there, it's like that same night I went and saw like, 15 different bands. Awesome. It's like jazz groups and salsa bands and funk and street Where the bands. music lives. Yeah. And it's like everyone just shit-faced down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, no, I would like to see a town that musical, though. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Like last call at the bars or, you know, 6 o'clock, and the music still goes yeah. till 6 a.m. Yeah, none of this like, it's 2 a.m., you have to go home. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> Some guy comes and sweeps the street at like 8 a.m., and then the sun comes up and it starts again. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That reminds me kind of like... Uh, when I was a lot younger, I visited uh, Iceland with a friend of mine. We stayed in Reykjavik, which is the big town there for a while. And uh, we went at the time of year where the sun just does not go down at all because they're so far up north. Yeah. So, you know, the party would start at around like two in the morning. <laughs> and the custom was like, you know, you get a glass of uh, some drink or you get a beer bottle or whatever you know, you bar hop, you take it out with you, and then, like, when you're done drinking, you just smash it on the ground. <laughs> and then, like, every morning, like, it's somebody's job to, like, just collect all the glass, and then they just reuse the glass. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we're going. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Call Roy. Yeah, we're all going. <laughs> yeah. No, I really want to go back there sometime. Yeah. Just maybe not uh, until it's light all year round. I can't imagine being in the darkness. Oh yeah. Although maybe that have its that would have its own kind of uh, attraction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All day you just feel like yeah, it's two a.m. messing around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that gets me in a little zone out here is the are the short days in the winter. That's something I have to kind of. Yeah. And it's not even just the fact that they're short. It's just the day itself. It's so weak. There's no sun. It's just so. It's so gloomy. Yeah. It's like permanently. Like the lighting is what you would see in like a procedural like <laughs> drama, like yeah. you know a, a child murder and like the detectives are out on the harbor <laughs> on like a really dark gloomy day. That's like every day, yeah, <laughs> for three months here. That's that sums it up right there. I like that. <laughs> so that uh, that style you play tarot patch. Mm-hmm. Were you like uh, listening to a lot of that growing up? Like, were there certain? Um, famous artists who did that or? Yeah, it was always around. I feel like, um, there's this guy, Gabby, Gabby Pahinui is one of the best, like old school Hawaiian musicians. And he played 12 string guitar and he's just like this real like backyard Hawaiian style. So I feel like he was always around in there. And yeah, I listened to old blues too. Mm. There was always some blues. BB King was always around. There's some blues in your repertoire. Yeah. BB was always around. Yeah, and then like the folk too, you know, um, Towns Van Zant, stuff mm. like that. Mississippi John Hurt was always around. Yeah, Neil Young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a lot of sad sack yeah. 70s guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like but a lot of that stuff. For me, like an album that just changed my whole world was uh, Van Morrison's um, Astro Weeks. Mm. That one. It's like That's oh, one of a kind, isn't it? Yeah. It's so loose, you know, it doesn't even feel like like the songs don't feel like songs. He's just yeah. experimenting. and But it just hangs together somehow. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. That one, like it changed the way that I wrote songs. Like that was where I first started writing more of these like nature themed songs mm. and like digging deep into this nature feeling. Yeah. There's a lot of that in, in, in that album. Oh, Misty Gardens, Wet With Rain, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorites right there. Yeah. Astro Weeks. <laughs> cool. So... What got you started writing your own songs? Um, I was jamming with a with a drummer back home, and um, <laughs> we just we wanted to go and make noise at an open mic. We, we showed up at this like folk spot. Well, we were jamming before, and I had two songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote like two funk rock songs, and that was it. Just kind of like hanging out with that drummer, you know, coming up with little jams and. We shared it at this acoustic open mic. Mm. <laughs> it was just a duo. Mm-hmm. And these guys, you know, it's like more of a folk 
kind of setting and we show up with like I had an amp that was on wheels like oh. this Behringer amp <laughs> and he showed up you're with ready his, to rock yeah his full set and yeah that was the first time playing in front of people <laughs> it's like <laughs> made an impression yeah <laughs> so that was it it was just kind of um I was jamming with with the drummer back home and we had to do something I, it just felt really good he was yeah. a crazy drummer yeah we just started jamming and it got me thinking to start writing my own songs and they were more just jams. Like I didn't even think about singing mm-hmm. at first and then started like, hey, there's little parts in here I could maybe write some lyrics and mm. yeah. Did you sing much growing up or did you kind of come to that reluctantly? Yeah, I kind of just fell into it. Really? Because yeah. mm-hmm. when you're performing, you almost sound as enthusiastic to sing your song as you are to like, you know, jam out on the guitar. It all kind of comes in one package. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my phone. Got to put on silence. Is that Chai Lee again? He's calling everybody. (laughs) He's a man about town. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Just kind of messing around in the garage. And the first song I wrote, one of the first songs, it was called, uh, (laughs) it was a song called Bobby Juice. (laughs) And it was just two words. It was like this funk jam in Mm -hmm. A, like. And we'd stop and he'd do the hi-hat and I would just go, Bobby Juice. Get loose. Is that a character you came up with, Bobby Juice? It was a lady who was in our, um, it was like maybe our psychology class at the community college Mm -hmm. back home. Her name was Bobby and she'd show up to class with like this giant like gallon of like cranberry juice every day. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like... But who's this Bobby Juice lady? <laughs> so that, that was the whole song. Bobby Juice, get loose. <laughs> right, you should bring that one back. Uh, that sounds every, fun. Like, uh, maybe I shouldn't be mentioning this, but okay. everybody I've, I've mentioned this song to says, bring it back. So yeah. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back with the band eventually. All right. <laughs> because it, it's, it is like a, just a good like funk dance song. You know? Yeah, yeah. It gets people Get moving. the crowd on their feet. Yeah. It's like some meters kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of feels like that. Yeah. But that was it, just like writing these weird little funk rock songs. And then I branched off and started doing my own solo thing. Mm. And that's where I like found the 12 string. And I started um, going into the drop tunings and finding all of that Hawaiian style. And then that's where I I had a real connection with that. Nice. Yeah. But I still love doing like that swamp rock stuff too, like that night. So. Mm. Yeah, I think you guys covered Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, <laughs> a little Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> That's always a good one, gets people going, yeah. Yeah. So your first record's coming out pretty soon. It's happening, yeah. You're releasing it... Uh, July 23rd. July 23rd. At the sunset. The yeah. sunset, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. I got my buddy uh, Beasley opening up the night. Oh, he's a really good songwriter. Yeah, so... I'll probably be jumping on with him for a few songs. And then um, Honey Mustard. Mm, yeah, she's got a great voice. Yeah. They're, they're going to be in the middle of the night. And she, Aaron, who's in that group, is singing on the album. She jumps on a couple songs with us. And that voice mm. is just crazy. Yeah. It's really <laughs> so a good. sweet spot. Yeah. I'm always, we call it chicken skin in Hawaii, where you get that goosebump feeling where it just feels, chicken skin. Where it just feels good. And that one, whenever <laughs> she sings... I get that, yeah. And awesome. tears come down, so yeah. There, it's going to be a solid lineup. Like we've all never, all three of us have never played a show together, and we all started out around the same time at yeah. Connor Burn at the open mic. So it's been a long time coming to get all three of those acts on one awesome. night. Yeah. What's the name of the album going to be? It's going to be called The Valley. The Valley. Yeah, and it's all songs that I wrote um, in those valleys back home. So that's why I wanted to do it as a tribute to that spot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's going to be mostly you just on the guitar and then, what, a song or two with uh, your live band? Yeah. There's a song, uh, River Still Runs, I'm doing it with the band. It's mm-hmm. more like this kind of country blues hoedown kind of thing. So I have to have some drums and bass on that. It feels good. <laughs> oh, my mm-hmm. God. Woo! <laughs> I'm all worked up over this thing. Awesome. I've been losing sleep for the last <laughs> couple of months. And, wow. But we're finally in the last stages, you know, like we sent out for the vinyl. So vinyl's being pressed. And Very cool. CDs are coming next week. And uh, where'd you get this recorded at? I did it with um, Ryan from Human Lab. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He opened for you. Yeah. So he helped me out. He's got just a little home studio set up and he can capture a really clean sound. He just let me loose in there. Like we did it all live, mostly live. Did a couple little 
overdubs with the banjo just to fill out some of the sounds, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's all just kind of this live, raw nice. feeling. You yeah. did it old school. Yep. Not too many click tracks, I imagine. No, we all, yeah, we just sat in a room, everybody in a circle, and most of what's on the album is like one take. Like what you're hearing is the first take. Wow. Which is like, it felt so good on the first take. Like, let's just keep that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because I'm so much the opposite. Like, I do one part at a time and everything's so calculated and, and oh, yeah. you know, I use a lot of MIDI and stuff. So I feel like it's rare you get the performer who can just, bam, lay it all down there in the moment and yeah. get a solid take. I don't know what it was. Something about, like, we, because we would do, you know, maybe three takes of each song and there were a bunch of them. It was like, that first take was, we listened back, it's like, that's the one that's that got had the, the, magic. the moment, yeah. River Still Runs was the one, I think it was maybe the third take. We didn't know what to do with it, and uh, I was sitting down, and it just was getting me pissed off <laughs> that we weren't figuring it out. And I go, hey, hit record over here, I'm feeling it, let's do it. And we hit it, and I think it was on the third take, like something happened. It's like, that's the one we used, yeah. Yeah, but it's all these valley songs, so from uh, the West Maui Mountains, all of that area, just... That's what I would do is just take my guitar out in these hills and get lost and write songs. And it, it feels that way. Like it feels like this daydream listening to the album. And that's how I felt when I wrote all these songs. So I think we, we captured something. Cool. You got that vibe? Yeah. That's good that you're releasing it in the summertime. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the people need to hear this right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the band you have, how long have you been playing with those guys? Um, maybe just about little, almost two years. I've been playing with Kyle, the Evan on bass, he just started with me. So I've known Evan since I've been up here. Solid bass player, solid musician. He's crazy on the keys. He's a freak on the roads. Oh, and really? Oregon. Yeah. Multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. That guy is, he's solid. Kyle's a solid drummer. I think we got a- Kile. Kile. Right. Kile on the drums. <laughs> Hawaiian Kyle. That's spreading. Like it's- It's <laughs> a meme. Yeah. Kile on the drums. But yeah, I think I got a solid little trio going and it all just depends on the night, you know, mm -hmm. have different, like for that show at the Crocodile, it just felt right to do like this rowdy bar show, yeah, yeah. kind of blues show. But if um, like I'll do a Fremont Abbey thing, I'll play solo or I've been playing with um, my buddy Isaac Castillo. He's another Hawaiian musician, just a, another freak <laughs> on this on upright bass, mm. plays it with a bow. So he adds like this orchestral element to oh, it. Oh, that sounds cool. Oh my God. So he's on the album too. Nice. So I got all of my, some of my favorite musicians and just people in general up here on this album. Yeah. Very cool. I can't wait to hear that. I'm all, I'm still, every time I think about it, and I'm, look, I'm covered in it You're right getting, now. Uh, the chicken skin. <laughs> the chicken skin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's kind of been my thinking with this album too, is just uh, capture this Seattle feeling. You know, have all the, my favorite musicians on it, and it feels good. <laughs> That's all I can keep saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, your music feels good. It shows. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all right. Well, this is awesome. Thanks so much for doing this. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Maybe talk about the valleys a little bit more. Right. I was kind of wanted to all right, let's share. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. That. So your album's called The Valley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so your album's called The Valley. Mm -hmm. And you said there's like the hills of Maui, so I'm guessing this is a reference to the uh, the valleys in between those hills, but that's where you would like go out and songwrite and stuff? Yeah. <clears throat> so I'd say like most of these songs are from uh, two spots, like two main spots. There's this area called um, the Malahia, Camp Malahia Hills, and um, <clears throat> it's all just like these meadows out there, rolling hills and meadows and... There was something going on up on that hill. You can over, you're overlooking the ocean. You're just like on these bluffs, like looking straight down in the ocean. I would sit out there and there's like old burial grounds out there. So there's some kind of feeling going on. That was one of the spots up in Camp Malahia. And it means, uh, Malahia in Hawaiian, it means peacefulness. Hmm. It means like, and I've, some of the more peaceful moments were hanging out on that hill. And I never, I never knew that until I moved out here. It's like, what does that word Malahia even mean? And checked it out and it's like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and meeting this guy, Isaac Castillo, who's uh, been playing upright bass on some of the songs. Yeah. First met him at the Fremont Abbey. I played the round there. And I show up, and there's this boy on the stand up bass with like a Hawaiian shirt on. I was like, 
I'm gonna, Are you from Hawaii too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we started rapping and he's from Hawaii. And then uh, he was sharing how he's putting together this Hawaiian project, this Hawaiian band, and it's called Malahia. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not called Malahia. You're messing with me. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah, why? what's the deal? I go, I used to write songs in this area on Maui called Malahia. <laughs> and then his given Hawaiian name is Malahia. So we just had like this crazy wow. Hawaiian connection going on. Yeah. That's that's just some weird shit that happens up there. <laughs> but and then I was gonna mention, yeah, that other spot. Cause they so it was Malahia and then mm-hmm. the, the real main spot, like the valley where I wrote a lot of the music is um the Iao Valley. It's called spelled I A O. Something about that place. I don't know. <laughs> I would turns on something in your mind. Yeah. It it would bring out different riffs where there are days where I feel like I would just I used to pack my guitar. And I would ride my bike up there. That hill, I don't know. There was something about it. I would just sit up there and these riffs, different kind of riffs would come. Yeah. And these lyrics would just flow in. And like, I feel like a lot of the songs on this album were just kind of from somewhere else. You know, I was just like this little vessel for them. So that's great about uh, writing songs on the acoustic guitar. You can go anywhere. You know, I'm a pianist. I'm. Oh. I have to stay in my tiny <laughs> cubicle-like room. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because a lot of musical ideas I get, they're when I'm out and about, you know, I'm riding my bike or I'm mm-hmm. walking or something. Yeah. You know, they're away from the instrument and then I come back and work on them later. But it's it's great that you can just go out there in that environment and just capture everything there. That's really cool. That's how I've always been too. It's like they come when I'm out. I can't. I don't think I've ever written a song like in a room. I don't know if I've ever. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's too claustrophobic for you. I think so, yeah. I got to be outside. And, but that was my spot, the Eau Valley. And I feel like, yeah, the big chunk of these songs on this album are from, from, that, from that area. So I just wanted to do a little tribute to that spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, for album artwork and stuff, are you going to capture images of that area or what's yeah. going on there? I got um, one of the... He's like a hometown artist, this critter guy who's been around. <laughs> it's Wailuku Town. He's been painting around that town for forever, like as long as I've been around there. And I remember seeing him up in the valley with his easel, uh, David Sandell, Sandell Artworks on Maui. And I just sent him an email asking if he would be down to do like a little painting of the valley, something for the album. And I didn't know if I was going to use it. He sent me this image. It's like, holy, (laughs) like that's what I'm using. Yeah, he surprised me. It's just perfect. Yeah, it fit perfectly. And yeah, he nailed it. So Wow, can't wait to see that. Mm Mm-hmm. He's selling some of the prints at his shop, too. So if you go to his shop on Maui, you can get a print of the album cover. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I think um, we're going to record you now playing a couple songs. Let's try it. Live yeah. performance. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Martin. That dude's hilarious and awesome. Yeah. It was a real treat talking to him. If you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are also very appreciated. Let me know I'm not doing this in a vacuum. Sign up for the Niagara Moon mailing list if you would like to get weekly updates on the podcast and for Niagara Moon as well. Go to niagaramoonmusic.com and scroll down to enter in your email address. You can find the podcast on Facebook if you look up Talking About the Passion. I'm also on Twitter at TATP Podcast and on Instagram at Niagara Moon Music. If you would like to write in with suggestions, questions, or comments about the podcast, you can email tatppodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my recent album, Eating Peaches. Up now, we have two more Drew Martin originals, the songs Circle of Dirt and then Stew. See you next Wednesday. Tomorrow, wondering what I'll do. 
Walk around town, up in town for you. Looking up town and avoid the underground. Looking up town and avoid the underground. Circle of dirt.
Still here? Good. Let me tell you one more time about those awesome Studio Sweden headphones. I got the fanciest kind, the Regent, but I'm sure all their models sound really good, relatively affordable, you know. You're paying for style. I mean, these things look really classy. You're paying for comfort. You're paying for premium sound quality. You're paying for the wireless feature. I forgot to mention, but uh, they do have a cord if you don't want to do wireless, if your device doesn't have Bluetooth or something. You can plug it in instead. Nice to have that feature. But yeah, they're just all around classy, high quality headphones from Sweden. Use my promo code TATP to get 15% off your purchase. Again, I'll include the link to their website in the episode description. And that is it. Thank you for listening.